my hesitation is that somebody who's buying that guide might not realize quite how much there is to a competition. And then they're going to buy the guide thinking that they can do it without support. They're going to try to implement it and they're either not going to get to the finish line because there's so much to it. They're like, oh, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Or they're going to get to the finish line, but because they haven't had somebody to help them with the strategy, they haven't had the support of that group environment, they maybe aren't getting those best results. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies, and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million-dollar year. Imperfect Action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Imperfect Action. This is episode 608. Today, I'm chatting with one of my Launch Magic students, Suki from Origami Globe, where she teaches other businesses to run giveaways that don't just drive likes and follows, but also drive actual tangible sales. And the challenge that we're workshopping together in this episode is one that I've noticed comes up quite a lot with my listeners, and that is this fear or this discomfort around asking for the sale. Like we are so comfortable delivering lots of value for free, but then when it comes to actually asking somebody to buy or to book in to potentially work with us, there's a lot of resistance and a lot of hesitation. So I'm really excited about this episode because it actually went down a I went down a bit of a rabbit hole that I wasn't expecting uh, when we first started talking and ended up with Suki deciding to retire one of her, uh, one of her guides that she was selling. So I'm, I think you're going to really enjoy this one. I think you will learn a lot regardless of whether you are somebody who is comfortable selling or somebody who isn't. So let's jump in and get started. Welcome, Suki. I'm very excited to have you here on the show. And you would, before we hit record, you're explaining to me a challenge that you're dealing with that I know so many of my listeners struggle with. And that is not, um, not knowing or not really being able to ask for the sale. So I'd love if you could explain a little bit in your words, like what is, what is this challenge and how is it stopping you from building the kind of business that you want to be able to build? Yeah. So thanks so much for having me. Um, so I was just saying how I'm just absolutely terrible at taking it from marketing to selling. So um, in one of your masterclasses, you talked about the kind of Ada pyramid, you know, taking it from awareness to interest to desire to action. And I put so much marketing out there. I create so much awareness. And then at like the end of my blog post, which is kind of my hero content, I'll just say, okay, like here's a link. If you want to work with me, okay, bye. And then just sort of that that's it. And just hope that people click it. And I'm just really, really bad at turning all that knowledge that I put out there into, hey, here's the next step. Hey, here's what to do if you want to work with me. 
Mm, so right now, so you're getting a lot of people reading these blog posts and then at the bottom you're saying, hey, if you want to work with me, this is how you can do it. Is there anything that you're doing in between that blog post and that asking them to, if, they, if they're interested, they can work with you if they want to, but they don't have to, that kind of, that little button to work with you? No, not really. No, I'm, I've kind of realized through the process of doing launch magic last, um, round that how powerful the lead magnet and getting people onto the email list is. And the worst part about that is I tell this to my clients all the time that you need to be building your email list. Don't send people to social media. Don't run a competition to build up your likes and follows. Get them on your email list because it's so much easier to convert someone from email than it is from social. And then I don't do it for my own business. So I've kind of realized that I need, like you said, the step between here's the content, here's how to work with me. But it's like, here's the content. You're not quite ready to work with me just from this content. Like you probably need something in between to help you get there. Yes. So somebody who's coming to you for that free content, what kind of free content are we talking? Like I know you write super in-depth blog posts, but what are some of the topics that, um, what, what are some of like your best performing posts? Yeah. So the best performing, I've probably got two, um, kind of different types of posts. I've got more the how to style. Um, you know, how to announce your winner, um, how to, uh, how to run a competition on Instagram, how, to, you know, all of these kind of step by step posts. And then I've also got the sort of slightly more opinion pieces like, you know, why like and follow to win competitions are no good. Um, you know, that kind of more, um, yeah showing them from my expertise a better way to do competitions and how to actually generate sales and profit from them instead of just building up following which is what people think competitions are um my how-to posts probably get more traffic than the other ones because they're that it's kind of what people are googling um you know i've already run the competition and i just need to know how to announce the winner now so they google you know, the rich snippets say, do this, this, and this, or they come on the blog post and they read a little bit more and they might go to a couple of other posts, but they're also how to. Um, so I've realized that, and this was another realization from Launch Magic that I really need to be doing what you call the magician's gap, the whole, here's what I know and here's what you don't know yet. I've got to show you what you don't know yet. So you can make a decision whether to run a competition or not. And it sounds a little bit like based on the different kinds of content that you've got there in those different posts, the people reading them are potentially at different stages. Like there are some who might now be aware, like when they finished reading your posts about why likes and follows aren't enough, they are now slightly more aware of your style of competition that you run. And they're more, they're closer to wanting to work with you because now they understand there's a lot more to running a giveaway than just, you know, putting up a prize and asking for people to like and follow and that you're the person with the strategy for that. Whereas somebody who's coming to you for how to pick a winner, they might have run a giveaway or they might be planning a giveaway, but they at this stage are potentially still doing, you know, a likes and follows one. So. I, I mean, in your case, what I would even consider doing is looking at creating slightly different lead magnets for two or three of your best performing posts. The ones that are getting the most traffic and thinking about who is this person who is reading this post and where are they? What, like at what stage are they? What do they currently know? What do they currently understand? What do they currently believe? Similar to the process we went through in Launch Magic and thinking about what kind of shifts do they need to make 
to then be at that point where they are ready to hire you. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you would then still from those posts go straight to the, here's how to work with me or that, like you said, you'd get them straight on the lead magnet and then nurture them from there. Yeah. I would get them on a lead magnet and I would have a couple of, so I would, this is the thing. People always ask like, how long should the nurture sequence be? How much should I put in the lead magnet? And it really depends on how much they need to know before they get to that point where they are ready to invest in working with you. It could be that instead of, you know, doing a typical PDF kind of lead magnet, maybe you have a webinar that you've taught live once and you record it and you have it there. It's not, you're not telling people this is live. It's just, Hey, you can watch this training that I recorded a while ago. And at the end of the training, you're introducing the different ways that they can work with you, including, you know, if they, if they can't afford to work with you one on one, including also talking about your course and inviting them to join the wait list if doors are closed at this point in time. Um, so there are different ways that you can help them to bridge that gap. But the main thing is that we want to make sure whatever it is, there's a call to action at the end. If it's an ebook, the call to action can be in the back of the ebook, but we also want to have one of those emails in that sequence with that call to action to work with you. Yeah. We want to think about what objections does somebody have to working with you. So, you know, maybe they've run giveaways in the past and giveaways haven't worked for them. Competitions haven't worked for them. And they're wondering how your style is going to be better or different, in which case we might have an entire email answering that objection, addressing that objection. Uh, if it was, if you were doing it in a webinar format, you would maybe have a shorter version of a sales pitch like what you did for or what you would do for your webinar through Launch Magic, where we're introducing how they can work with you, what those outcomes would look like, and addressing those hesitations, those objections that they would have to working with you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think I have sort of skipped past the objection handling stage and just assumed that everyone has a basic knowledge of competitions and they're just after someone to help them walk through the steps. I think actually what my clients really want, they're, they're just really at that awareness curiosity stage. They're really asking like, what is a competition and, and is it for me? And I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I've, I've just assumed that you have decided you're going to run a competition and here's what to do next. So I guess would the lead magnet be the content that addresses that is a competition for you question? It could be. Uh, it, it really, it could be. I would look at though, think, think back or look back at people who you've worked with and look at what kind of questions they might have asked you before they signed up to work with you. So thinking about, you know, maybe they were asking things like, uh, I only have a hundred followers on Instagram. Is this enough? In which case that's a good sign that that's a hesitation other people will have. Or I don't have an email yet. I don't have an email list yet. Is it okay for me to start running a giveaway? Uh, and these things might start to hint at some topics that you could create for a lead magnet. Um, so your, your existing clients or past clients you've worked with, when they've come to you, where have they come from and what kinds of questions have they reached out with or what kind of challenges have they had when they've reached out to you? Yeah. I, I think by the time. People usually reach out to me. They probably are at the point where they have sort of decided to run a competition. But 
the kind of questions that they ask when we talk sort of reflect like, okay, so I, I sort of understand the basics, but here's my particular situation. Is a competition going to work for that? Um, so to give an example, I talked to someone who is thinking of running a crowdfunding campaign and a competition alongside each other that's only allowed on certain platforms. So we talked about that. And then we talked about um, the kind of return on investment from that. So they wanted to give away cash prizes, but only if the crowdfunding campaign was successful and it reached a certain amount. I mean, that's a difficulty in itself, but kind of saying to them, okay, well, if your prizes are this amount and you're going to raise this amount, then you'll take those prizes take away from the actual money you're raising and the reason that you're raising it. So it, are there other prizes that you can give away? So they kind of, they're kind of sold on the idea of a competition, but it's really the sort of the strategic side of things that they've got questions about really. So like, is this a good prize or can I do this kind of thing? Or what would you do instead? Or how can I make sure that this works kind of thing? Mm. Okay. So it sounds then probably like a lead magnet where they're figuring out if it, if a competition's a good fit for them is probably not going to be relevant because that person has probably made up their mind that they want to run a competition. And the only people that that would make any difference to are the people who read it. And then they're suddenly like, Oh, this isn't right for me. Uh, so it might be more that it might be more beneficial then to have something like a competition planning checklist or competition strategy checklist where you're not, you're not telling them how to do every single step, but you are laying out your process and you're explaining the reasoning behind why you do each step. And then you can say, look, this is the process that I take my clients through. It's also the process that I take my students through in my course. And you can give the calls to action for the two of those um, at the end of that and also in that nurture sequence. I would also be wondering if there's potentially an opportunity for some other offers in there. So at the moment, you've just got the one-on-one and then the online course, right? I also have the um, the guide. So the guide is for people who are, have lower budget and just want to take themselves through it. They just want to DIY it. So that's kind of a low price point. I'm still giving you help. It's just not one-on-one. You just don't get access to me, but you still get the process laid out in a guide. Is that cannibalizing your online course? Potentially. Mm, I have a I, feeling. I, yeah. The reason why I had that offer was because I kind of have three different ideal clients. So there's a person who just wants to do it all themselves. They're not interested in getting help. They're never going to have the budget currently to get it done for them. And then in the middle, there's the people who have the budget and could potentially do it themselves, but they just really need the support and handholding and the process that the course offers. And then there's the people who are like, yep, I'm sold. I get it. You're the expert. I'm just going to pay you to do an expert's job and get better results. Um, so the DIY was kind of to address that lower end, but yeah, there, there possibly is a potential there. My big hesitations with that is, I mean, it's a quite a huge process to go through, right? The whole process of running a competition, the strategy behind it, the, there's a lot more to it than people realize. And my hesitation is that somebody who's buying that guide might not realize quite how much there is to a competition. And then they're going to buy the guide thinking that they can do it without support. They're going to try to implement it and they're either 
not going to get to the finish line because there's so much to it. They're like, oh, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Or they're going to get to the finish line, but because they haven't had somebody to help them with the strategy, they haven't had the support of that group environment, they maybe aren't getting those best results. And then both of those, in a way, it almost, um, I won't say, I don't like the word damages. It's the best word that comes to mind right now, but it damages your reputation in their eyes because they're like, oh, I tried her process. It doesn't work. But meanwhile, they haven't tried your process with the support, the accountability that comes with the the course version or the one-on-one version. So that's my first hesitation with that. My other hesitation with that is that your process is like your secret sauce. It's what you do better than anybody else in your space. And if you are giving away your process at a much lower price point than the other options to work with you, I wonder if that is devaluing in somebody's eyes, if it's devaluing the other two options, because they're like, well, you know, her secret source is the process. I can buy the process for how much is it? A very low price point. Like 20 20 something dollars. I can buy her a diet process for 20 something dollars. And meanwhile, like you're that, I just don't think that's aligned with what you are selling. Right. Um, the other thing is being $27, somebody is going to buy that. They're going to be like, oh, that's nice to have. I'll do it one day. Potentially then when they see you open doors for the course or see you put out a call for new clients, they will then be like, oh, I bought her process years ago. I'll do that first. And meanwhile, they never do it. So they're never at that point where they're ready. So I do, I, I would consider potentially swapping that for a different lower price point sort of entry offer. Yeah. I think this probably uh, uncovers a bit of a, an overall issue with me is that I'm like an overgiver. So I, you know, my content really does, it, it's not one of those, oh, here's sort of the idea of step one and the idea of step two and the idea of step three. It's everything. And all of my experience, all of my case studies, all of, you know, secret tips and everything. And it's not because I just like, I just have to get it out there word vomit style. It's, it's more like I feel, you know, if you don't have the budget to work with me, I still want you to run a really good competition. I still want you to have this knowledge. I still, I have so much to share. I'm in like a really niche space that no one else is in. So I'm kind of the only person, you know, doing what I do. So. Yeah, I really feel like it. That's probably the problem is that I am an overgiver. And so this entire offer with the ebook, with the guide really is just to, so that those people have something and so that I, I am supporting them with the process. But yeah, I think it, I think you're right. I think it does devalue it because I think there will be a high volume of people who download it and go, Oh my God, this is 50 pages. I'm not going to do this work. It's just, yeah, it's too much. But it's not even the fact that it's 50 pages. It's the fact that it's something in their business that isn't really, it's not as much of a priority as client work or sending out orders or doing all of the admin stuff, replying to emails. All of those things will get prioritized over and above it. And the competition they're planning to run is just going to get delayed into the future. Like we see this with launching. People are like, oh, I want to launch a course. And then three years later, they've done nothing about it because everything else has been prioritized on top of it. Um, so I do wonder then if we could find a better way for you to help those people rather than giving them the entire process in a guide format. And 
the first thought that comes to my mind would be some kind of workshop. Like it could be a live workshop or you teach it live once and then you sell the recording where it's planning out the competition and planning the strategy of it. So showing them why it's important to not just run a competition for likes and follows, maybe helping them to choose a prize, getting them to that point where they're like excited now to take action uh, and actually make their competition happen. And the next steps for them to do that are either sign up for the course where they're going to get the amount of support and the accountability that they need to have a successful competition. Or if they want to, they can work with you and they can have that one-on-one advice, your expertise in a much more tailored way. Those are the two options. So how would uh, an offer like that or a um, a masterclass or whatever it would be, um, how would that differ from an ebook in the sense of you're getting them excited to run one, uh, sorry, a, a lead magnet. Um, because I did create a lead magnet as part of Launch Magic. And the idea of that for me was to kind of show them what was possible with the competition and get them excited and, and get a couple of things planned so that they would want to carry on with the process. So I suppose what would be the difference between a lead magnet and a paid product that does the same kind of objective? Yeah. So it's all in the transformation. So with that, with the lead magnet you've got, I mean, that's a super, super valuable lead magnet already. I've seen it. I remember reviewing it in Launch Magic and being like, whoa, this is good. So what we would then want is that lead magnet would be like the first step in the process. Then potentially the second step would be some workshop. So we think about where they're at when they finish that lead magnet. What have they done? What have they achieved in that lead magnet? The current lead magnet, they've thought about the first three steps in the process of planning a competition, which is kind of the sort of exciting, like, what's in it for me? What kind of people am I going to attract? And, you know, how am I going to get them to enter? So it's kind of busting objections as well. Um, the main thing being, you know, what am I going to get out of this? Because that's what's going to motivate someone to do the work. Yes. Okay. So then the next step would be, once they know what they're going to get out of it, then it would be planning a couple more steps of that giveaway. Yeah. Ideally, at the point or at the end of that um, paid workshop or paid whatever it ends up being, we want them to feel like they they know what it's going to look like. They've got their giveaway essentially like it feels tangible to them. They've got some kind of win. And I don't know what that win could be. It could be a workshop entirely dedicated to deciding what prize you're going to give away. Or it could be a workshop entirely dedicated to deciding um how somebody's going to enter. I don't I, I don't know enough about competitions and giveaways to to give you a suggestion on that. But it's going to be something where it's quite a specific outcome. And at the end of that, they've got that outcome that they paid for. Okay. So it's a bit deeper than what your lead magnet's going into, but it's a very, very specific outcome. And it might be that somebody has run a giveaway in the past and they're like, oh, I feel pretty comfortable with the process of the giveaway, but I'm not convinced that the prize that we gave away last time was correct. So then that would be really beneficial for them as well. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I kind of like that idea as, yeah, I like that idea as well because I'm, when I speak about competitions, I'm really passionate and my passion and my knowledge comes through. And I think, uh, in a guide format, it can come, and this was some feedback, um, because my course is running as we speak after having done the first round of launch magic. 
Um, and some of the feedback is that, you know, the live session is much better with the engagement and the asking questions and explaining things a bit deeper. Whereas the course content can, can really just be, you know, delivering information. So I love the idea of potentially doing like a workshop, which is live where people can engage and, and get more than just the words on the page like they do with the guide currently. And that's excellent feedback because something I would consider then in your shoes is for the next time you launch the course is potentially playing around and testing what a video version of your lead magnet might look like. So it could be a three-part video series or an email sequence where over five days they get a little mini video training from you and then they still have the workbook that they can fill out. But if you're, if you're getting feedback saying that you're so passionate and engaging on video, it might not necessarily be live. That's okay. Uh, but if people are giving you that feedback, like that's, that's a great sign that, yeah, maybe we're missing out on people by just doing it in PDF format. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Are there any ideas that are coming into your mind when I talked about the workshop topic? Are there any ideas that initially popped into your mind about what you could include or what you would, what specific outcomes you would deliver? Um, I suppose one of the products I used to have, one of the offers I used to have in my business was kind of a kickstart package, which was really just the, the start of the competition. So going through the strategy side of things and making sure there was a roadmap in place, you know, where people would enter, how they would enter, what they would have to do, what your prize is going to be. Um, we went through the terms and conditions and licensing as well, because it's a big concern with people, the legal side of competitions. Um, I found that the package itself, when presented with other options, people didn't really go for it because they saw the value compared to being able to go through the entire process in another package, not just the start. So I, I did end up getting rid of that package because it just wasn't selling. But I feel like if that was packaged up in like a, a workshop or a, a one-on-one or a half day or a webinar or whatever it would be, they're still walking away with a roadmap. But it also kind of feeds in nicely to if you're ready to carry on with this process, then, you know, we, we do it in the course. But I suppose the overlap would be like the first module or two modules of the course cover very similar content, just in more depth than we would have done in the, in the webinar. And it could be that it could be that you say, look, if you sign up for the course, I will offset the amount that you paid for this workshop against the price of the course. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I would definitely. Yeah, if you that. sign up, if you sign up within three months or whatever that kind of, whatever that window is going to look like, you say, look, if you sign up for this course within three months, um, you paid whatever, a hundred dollars for this workshop. I'll take a hundred dollars off the price of the course. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, but that way, then even though there might be some duplication of content, you're making up for that. Yeah. And does that kind of, uh, idea sound okay, just covering sort of the first part of the process is a bit of a taster, but in the same sense, they've also got everything they need to go away and actually launch from that webinar. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. As long as, and this is where I guess you need to use a bit of your, like put your expert hat on and use a bit of your judgment is, will they feel like they know everything that they need to go and run a competition, but actually you as the expert know there's a lot that they still need to know? Because if they, that's the danger is if they leave that workshop thinking that they know everything that they need to go and launch a competition, they're going to think, well, I don't actually need to work with you. I don't need your course. But meanwhile, they're now going off and they're running a competition, but they're missing all of these other important pieces that you teach them in the course or that you teach them in the one-on-one. So 
potentially then ending that workshop by laying out these are the extra steps that you need to be across. You might not be aware of these steps, but this is what they are. And this is what we can work on in a one-on-one format or in this course container. Yeah. So you don't think it's a bit cheeky to be like, here, you can kind of go do it yourself, but you're probably not going to get like as good a results if you, because for me, I always say like a successful competition is 20% strategy and 80% promotion. So in this kind of product, I'd be giving them the 20% strategy, which is really, really key to having a successful competition. If you don't have the strategy, you've got nothing to promote in the first place. But then working with me in a course format or a one-on-one format, they get the 80% promotion, which is where basically where the profit is. I don't think that's cheeky at all. I think you're giving them, you know, if they want to go straight in and buy the entire course or pay to work with you, they can do that and they can get the entire 100%. But they can't expect to get 100% of your process for a small fraction of the entire price. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And I think I, I think this comes back right to the initial challenge that we started going down the path of where you said you're not asking for the sale or you find it hard to ask for the sale. And I wonder, is this how how do you like when you are asking somebody, and it's this could be in any situation. This could be when a potential client inquires to work with you or uh when you're finishing off a blog post and at the end you're talking about how to work with you, or if it's in an Instagram post. How, what, what comes into your mind when you're asking for that sale? I think, um, when I do blog and Instagram, for example, where it's just sort of me talking out into the void, then it's like, okay, cool. How can I bring in a smooth ish transition into here's how this turns into an offer? When I'm talking to a client one on, so my process with the higher end packages is I would usually speak to them on the phone to make sure we're a good fit for each other. Um, before we go ahead with anything to make sure that a competition is right for them as well. So when we're speaking one-on-one, I know what their specific concerns are. I know what, you know, so I, I have a really good idea of how I can specifically help them. And then when we're getting towards the end of the kind of consult call, then I will be able to say, you know, uh, if we do this kind of competition and these kind of strategies, then I know that we'll be able to hit this goal or overcome this concern or, you know, run the competition that with the results you're hoping to achieve. But when it's a blog post, I've got nothing to riff off. I'm just sort of, okay, well, this talks about this and this offers probably most relevant for this. So I'll just pop this there. So maybe then instead of going straight from blog post to offer, maybe it's partway through the blog post where it fits in naturally linking to your lead magnet and wherever it fits in naturally and maybe also at the bottom a link to book in a call and then vetting obviously having some kind of intake form where you say look this is what the minimum investment is to work with me is this in your budget so that somebody isn't just jumping on the call blindly not having a clue like how much this is potentially going to cost them Um, and then they can book in that call and you can have that conversation because it sounds like that's something that you're really good at. And I mean, I, I've learned, I'm not a sales expert, but I've learned how to sell. And I know that I hate selling on calls. Like for me, that feels so uncomfortable, but I can sell really well on a webinar or in written copy. And it's all about working to your strengths. So if you yeah. can get somebody on that call and you can identify how you can help them and then you can present them with that package to help them. 
that could be all it is that you need to do. So instead of asking for the sale in your content, you're asking them to book in a call. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then the lead magnet workshop and online course kind of live as their own little standalone funnel process, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because somebody who's the ideal client for the course and the workshop is maybe going to be different to the ideal client for the packages, the one-on-one. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that there is a potential as well to possibly just ax the, um, the kind of lower end offer and just really focus on the course and the one-on-one because there is a possibility for, um, the lower end offer, like the webinar and the lead magnet to overlap too much because the lead magnet kind of needs to cover similar content, I think, to get yeah. people interested in the course and the, and the one-on-one. That makes sense. And just for clarification for our listeners, when you say webinar, you mean workshop. Webinar is like the free webinar. <laughs> Yes. Sorry. There's so many names. Masterclass. I know. I know. I just want to make sure that nobody who's listening to this is like, what? But she mustn't, she's not doing a webinar. No, I'm definitely doing a webinar. Okay. Good. Um, but you, yeah, you can decide not to do a paid workshop. And that's something that you can potentially add over time. You don't need to go and add it now. Watch and see what happens with the course. If you're finding that people are converting really well from, you know, cold audience to lead magnet to webinar to course. Great. But maybe it might be that the course is quite a high investment for them for somebody who's only ever downloaded your lead magnet and attended your webinar, in which case it might be beneficial to have a workshop, that paid workshop, where they can see how passionate and engaged you are about what you're teaching. They can get a feel for your teaching style and then they can decide, oh, yeah, I really want to learn from this person or no, I don't want to. Um, so that's that's kind of how that could fit in. But I would say, yeah, my biggest recommendation would be to consider retiring that guide. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the guide was written. Um, so I've had my business up. This is the eighth year in business. And I wrote that guide at the start when I had no clients and tons of time on my hands. And I thought, you know, um, SEO wise, I'm just going to get everything that I know out on a piece of paper or 75,000 words to start with. Like it's a full on publishable That's a book. novel. Yeah. Um, and, and so it went up on my website for SEO purposes and to, you know, to show people what I do and why it's important. And then over time, it's, it's really not been the hero content over time. You know, the hero content has really been working with me one on one. That's where people get the most value and the best results. So I feel like it sort of served its purpose, but it, it's a little bit redundant now. So yeah, it's potentially, it, I mean, it could become a bonus for my course, for example. So when they want to run it again, they've got the structure there in that yeah. guide, but they've already been through it. So they know what it means. I love that. I think that's perfect. Yeah. I, I it's so hard. It's, it's actually a heartbreaking retiring any kind of product. Cause you're like, this took me so long to do however many years ago, but if it's, if it's affecting or potentially cannibalizing all of your other offers or it's not serving your clients in a way that it could be, I think that's a good call to potentially remove that. Uh, and then, yeah, add it as a bonus for your course. I think that's beautiful. I think that's a great idea. Uh, and potentially if you get somebody who reaches out and they really can't afford to do your course and you know that they're serious about taking action, then maybe you could keep some kind of like backdoor link where they can go and sign up. They can go and buy that if they need it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I have a few of those things already um, just for people who sort of need a little bit, but they're not quite ready, but I'm still happy to help them. So yeah, that's a really good idea. Awesome. So your next steps then from this are go and retire that guide, 
and consider where you can add that call to action for booking in a call and consider where you can add that call to action to download your lead magnet. And I know at the start I said create different lead magnets. That's not something to go and do overnight. That's something to build out over time. For now, just stick with that one lead magnet you've got. And over time, as you identify potentially other lead magnets, you can add in going in and swapping that uh, where it's relevant. Um, how does that all feel? Yeah, it feels it feels really good. I think it's, yeah, it is a bit sad having to retire the guide, but at the same time, you know, the reason I wrote it, it's more than fulfilled that, you know, the visitors that I get to the website is is insane. And I actually followed a guide that was saying, you know, 10,000 visits a month or something. And like it, it's more than fulfilled the promise, um, that it, the reason that I wrote it, um, in the first place. So yeah, it's a little bit sad, but it's also kind of exciting because yeah, you, you know, you really, you said in another episode, um, on a coaching call that you've really got to, um, create the business, you know, for the future rather than just keep on doing what you've been doing. So I think this, this is a real step in the right direction. And also make sure you redirect the page. For that guide to the page where they can download your lead magnet, just so that traffic yeah. that you're getting yeah. is not just going nowhere, not just going to a 404 page. Good idea. Awesome. Oh, Suki, this has been really fun. Uh, it's, I love, I really enjoy coaching Launch Magic students because it's like you already are across all of the terminology, all of the basics, and it's like we can go quite deep in these episodes. So thank you so much for sharing your challenge and for being so open to being coached on this episode. I've really enjoyed it and I hope you get a lot out of it as well. Thank you so much for having me. I definitely have. Thank you. All right. That is it for today's episode. If you haven't already hit subscribe, make sure you hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or the follow button in Spotify and you'll get each new episode straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you have any friends who you think might be struggling with this issue, hit the share button, copy the link and send it over to them. It's how I get to help more people. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.